Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford, here with you on, on this week's episode. We're going to talk about skim reading. Professor Marianne Wolf with a new book, some articles out around skim reading being the new normal. We'll touch on that and the effect of technology on our reading and on uh, the idea of how our brains are changing because of it. First and foremost, always like to check in, especially after the holiday. We're coming into fall here, Brandon. How's your world? What's new? And uh, how's life going for you? Uh, what's new? So uh, I have a daughter who turned four. Uh, on Happy birthday. 4th. It's her golden birthday, apparently. That's mm. a thing that, uh, that, that I don't think was a thing when I was a kid. Mm. Um, can't imagine it would have been a thing when, when others were kids. But mm. uh, it is... I'm aware of it. I had a coworker who celebrated hers when she was like 27. So I'm like a little baby man. So I feel, <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, that was that was meant to be a compliment. You're just you're young and full, oh, full of people energy. Uh, so she turned four on the fourth, uh, and she's in a forest program at school. So we mm. had a first day of school. Met her new teacher and um, assistant uh, teacher, and um, it's nice. I think this time of year for someone who has you know spent a lot of his life in in schools and then uh, in sort of edu- in an education business space, uh, yep. this is a, always a fun time of year. Yep. And getting to see uh, school through the eyes of your own child, uh, especially a four-year-old, uh, it's, it's really fun. Like at, at four, you don't know that you're supposed to be self-conscious about things uh, yet. And so there's just like exuberance over running around doing things even if you're doing them them badly like nobody cares mm. um so it's it's nice that's that's the newest news for me and uh my my five-year-old went to kindergarten so uh right same boat with you there brandon uh eight-year-old back in third grade they're enjoying school thus far uh happy they're back uh the summer lasted a, a few weeks too long on our end but we are making it through they're enjoying school uh just one more to go but she has a few years before school happens mike uh, what is new in your world? Uh, Labor Day has passed. Uh, the fall is upon us. Uh, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, well, I don't have any children uh, that I know of who are entering any schools that I'm aware of. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just forego that. But I Disclaimer. do agree that, Disclaimer. that when it's uh, brisk, uh, you get a little more energy and you get your sort of fall kind of mojo going. Uh, and uh, I, I am feeling that. I am feeling a little bit of the fall flow. Uh, and... Uh, and yeah, hopefully our listeners are as well. And um, uh, I'm excited to talk about reading because uh, it's fundamental. And, uh, and I also think uh, the, the whole skim zone is, uh, is interesting because I find myself in it increasingly. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting topic. Yep. And we're going to dive into it now, as I made mention at the top, Marianne Wolf. Uh, has an article out in The Guardian, so theguardian.com. We'll share this uh, via Twitter. Uh, also has a book coming out uh, on this subject, and then there's some subsequent articles around it, Mike. And we've talked a lot about technology, technology in the classroom, uh, positive, negative uh, effects, net negative, net positive effects. Uh, but she sort of lays out uh, an idea here that she's studied and, and put forth that we're really becoming a skimming culture, that we're, we're not reading through things. And even more so that the denser things we may read are becoming harder and harder. Um, is this something, you know, one, what'd you find interesting about this article uh, and, and what path did it take you down in understanding better, maybe your own habits or, or how you see uh, reading moving forward in the future? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I would recommend, uh, you know, we'll share out the links. Definitely worth reading her stuff. I'm curious about her book too. So I, I think her book's about to, to hit the, hit the market. And I, I think I am going to, I am planning to listen to it. Uh, soon which is also interesting where 
uh, I'd be curious how she feels about listening to stuff. Uh, I was thinking about listening at accelerated speed, yep. which is something I talk about a lot. Is kind of the equivalent of skimming through your ears. Uh, yeah, I want, I want to come back. I don't want to step on your point, yeah. but I, let's, let's put a uh, note on that because yeah. I, I was thinking about that too. And yeah. I'm not sure that that's actually true. Cool. Well, that sounds like uh, it'll be fun to learn how you're wrong. Uh, but, <laughs> sounds uh, good. But, uh, but yeah, no. And then uh, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was just the contrast between reading in a digital format on a screen versus yep. in print and how the, uh, the, the medium is the message, you know, Marshall McLuhan, uh, I think it's true of reading. So like when you're reading in a digital form, uh, it's a different experience. It's almost designed to be more lightweight and with more room to take off ramps. And uh, interestingly, when I was reading one of these articles uh, on my mobile phone, I, uh, while I was trying to read intently on my screen, I accidentally clicked on a Hellman's mayonnaise ad. And uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty on point where like back in the, you know, back in, you know, 1467, when people were cracking open a Gutenberg's Bible and starting to read it, they probably weren't accidentally uh, clicking on mayonnaise ads. Maybe they were. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's presentism. <laughs> but, uh, but I did think it, it is, it, you know, and I really like, you know, she comes up with this concept of being biliterate. Mm -hmm. You understand how, when it makes sense to skim and read digitally. And what does it make sense to, um, to read in print and actually uh, really like wrestle with the text and, you know, annotate it and mark it up. Um, I think it does, it does start to touch on some really interesting ideas. And then, yeah, I would love at some point to get into any sort of corollary uh, thinking about listening to content rather than uh, reading it with your eyes. I had similar thought and I'm interested to hear where Brandon uh, wants to go with the audio portion of it. But Brandon, I want to get sort of your top level uh, thought here first around the idea of skimming. She doesn't necessarily say it's a negative, just that we are changing uh, the way we read. We're changing the way our brains work uh, with uh, digital technology. What was your initial takeaway first pass on this? Uh, did you skim the article or did you read it intently? Oh, what, I, what was I, sk I skimmed it like a... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought that was appropriate uh, and, uh, and and meta to skim this skimming article. So yeah. my 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 comprehension and retention very low. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think I I drew the same general uh, takeaways as as others. One thing that stuck with me that I thought was interesting is um, uh, the pattern in which people read the the F pattern or Z pattern, where mm -hmm. oftentimes you're reading the first sentence and then. Uh, sort of reading down, scanning. This yeah, is the F like here. eye tracking. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you're just reading like the first word of yep. the next uh, many sentences in a paragraph, mm -hmm. and then you know reading out the little the little uh, line of the F. Mm -hmm. um, word spotting. You know, you're looking for words that sort of jump out to you. I think that that was very. Um, uh, it it spoke to me. Like I think I do think that I. Uh, probably like others who read mostly on screens end up reading a lot like that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, a lot of the, the, the content that I read is not long form, right? I'm reading a lot more mm -hmm. um, uh, things that show up in my native newsfeed on my phone mm -hmm. versus sitting down and reading Proust, right? right Which right. is something I, I used to do sure. and uh, don't do so much anymore. You, you, you vaguely remember. I vaguely remember the Madeline. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so I thought that was, that was just, that was interesting. And, and uh, you know, the, the literature on it matched my own personal experience. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that the point, and I'll get back to the to the uh, listening on on an X greater than one versus skimming, but I, I do think that the um, it's it's not necessarily worse. It's just different, and we should be uh, conscious and right. context aware mm-hmm. of of the differences. Because in a world where there's more content to consume than there is time to consume it, mm-hmm. you could argue that less. Uh, you know, shallower comprehension of more is not necessarily worse for many purposes mm-hmm. than deeper com- comprehension of less. Yep. Um, so I, I would assume that people who are, you know, digital natives who have been reading in this way most of the time, although they, they may actually have a hard time with doing the sort of deeper reading and that's some of what the article spoke to, Yes. Um, that they also are, uh, more able to sort of process laterally than maybe those of us who grew up reading mostly paper books. Mm. Um, I, it's interesting to think about you know, yeah. what, what the upside to skimming is um, in terms of being able to cover more ground. For sure. Uh, than uh, in, in addition to the, to the downside. Yeah, it reminds me, you know, we were talking to Matt Cooper from Skillshare a while back about uh, like going across versus deep. So like trying to stay aware of everything that's going on. So like, you know, head on a swivel, what's emerging. I'm aware of everything. I'm hip to the scene, daddy-o. Uh, but then on the, on the depth side, I think is more what uh, Dr. Wolf is really talking about is like, while we're so focused on staying tuned across, we are losing a level of depth. Uh, and I love the turn of phrase around cognitive patience. Uh, where I do think uh, we are, in addition to, uh, you know, the living in an, an, an attention economy, I think we're also uh, having a much more difficult time harnessing our attention, listening effectively, and actually going deep. And um, all that said, I would agree with the, the point that we're getting really good at just quick scan. Uh, like, I at least feel the need to be good at you know, almost, uh, it's not even really speed reading, it's skimming. It's like, you read the title, you understand the general thoughts, you want to make sure you, I mean, it's also very, uh, very true to our Kaplan uh, pedigree too, where like there are ways when you're tight on time to just be, you know, effective at how you attack the passage. And like, what's interesting is I, I do think if you accept that reading through screens is becoming more of the norm and that there's some value in getting excellent at it, which I think Dr. Wolf would agree, even in all of her articles, she's not saying don't do this. Right. But it's like, can we, can we teach people to get better at skimming? And can we also teach them at, to, at getting better at applying their attentional energy and developing their cognitive patience? Because like, the notion of intentionality around what are you trying to get out of this exercise? Right. What tactics will be most effective? Which media are most effective? Which is why I do think the, the uh, listening, to, listening versus reading is interesting because when she talks about being biliterate, it's almost like you got to be like quadriliterate to a certain extent where like, do you, do you read it on a screen? Do you read it in print? Do you listen to it regular speed? Do you watch a video? Like, like understanding that the same content can be delivered across such a broad array of media types being intentional as a consumer, as a learner to say, right now I need speed and breadth. So I want to be able to skim. And it's like, oh, right now I need to like really wrestle with this thing and understand this with a level of depth. 
I'm going to print it out, go to a quiet place away from screens. That's the insight that I think is really profound here. Uh, and I think it's probably even more broadly applicable, uh, not necessarily the equivalent of skimming. I'm curious your, your thoughts on, on that, but more the idea that I know the way I process stuff that I listen to is different from the way I process stuff that I read. And uh, I can make the right smart choices around how I consume content to really maximize the return. I think that's, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, I, I think that is really interesting. Just to, to not leave our listeners yeah. uh, waiting. Mm -hmm. um, although I can't wait until we turn all of these transcripts into the book form. So Dan, Dan we're, we're going to get on that. I think that's a, that's yeah. a thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it was the, it's the, the listening at 2X, I think, is maybe more akin to speed reading than to skimming. So that, that was my, that was my yeah. thinking and just in hearing you say that, that mm -hmm. you, know, you actually are presumably, depending on your attention, but presumably hearing most of the words even at 2X. Yes. Versus, you know, again, to the F or the Z pattern, mm -hmm. you're like, there are, and I don't know, the, I'm going to make up a number, but, but greater than 50% of the words in a written article, you're not actually even seeing. Right. right. Um, so like the, and the analog would be like sort of, using the 15 second um, fast forward, right. uh, you know, to occasionally multiple times yeah. to like get to the, to the next thing mm -hmm. um, uh, or, instead of the. Or designing uh, an AI powered fast audio that does what our eyes do when we skim. Yeah. That, and I think like, how would we, what would an ear skim sound <laughs> yeah. like? Yeah. Little, I like where you went there. Yeah, I, I that was interesting. Yeah, ear skim. Um, I think that's. I think that is interesting. And um, you know, one thing that I would say is, and and I I, I agree that that um, the author doesn't uh, isn't denigrating skimming and saying it's it's necessarily worse than not. But um, and she she does say that there's you know it's the knowing which um, approach to apply to the desired outcome is really the most important thing, which is what you were saying, Mike. Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, most content that I read is pretty repetitive. Mm -hmm. Like the, the idea of the economy of language that, you know, that someone like a, I don't know, Proust is maybe not a good example, but like, mm. you know, someone Hemingway, uh, right. Hemingway or like, or like someone like, um, uh, uh, Joseph Conrad, like okay. I, I, even sure. though his, his text is long, like the economy of language, I think yeah. it feels to me is very practical. Com complex sentence structure though too. Like it's complex sentence structure, but there's like really a lot is packed in. Like sure. I think that you would, uh, a lot of the stuff, and maybe just I read just more confectionary stuff mm -hmm. and whether it's, you know, Bloomberg news posts or right. ESPN articles, right, right. Uh, shout out to those two. Glamour, uh, glamour. Right, glamour. Right. Um, is uh, the there isn't a great economy of language and so i would argue that actually skimming in in that context mm -hmm. i'm um taking advantage of the medium and i'm being able to 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 extract about as much value as i was going to gotten has would have gotten from it anyway yeah and i like that in the absence of the ai ear skim yeah like y'all have to listen to all these words like yes. are you listening to these words right now <laughs> right because you probably are right are you fumbling in your pocket for the fast forward button <laughs> you can't find it yet so like, I, I think that is, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I do, I, I am interested in, in thinking through what the analog really is or, or what the brain, this is like some, some of like the brain circuitry and plasticity of it process was interesting. Like uh -huh. what the brain uh, science of listening versus reading, I think is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. And then what do you look at? You know, if you're listening, 
uh, the interesting, which we've talked about a number of different times, like, you know, your ears are really uh, effective ways to, to capture inputs while you're doing other things with your visual field. Do you mean your learn holes? Your learn holes, yes. But like your learn balls, or also known as your eyes, yeah. are harder to, you can't share your attention. Like whatever you're looking at is what you're looking at. So like it's very difficult to be taking in other, you can't be reading while doing something else. It's although a lot of people when you're walking around Manhattan or uh, if I'm trying to get, get through a line at the airport, they seem to be very comfortable uh, reading with their eyes while walking around, but I generally have a problem sure. with it. And I think like the idea, but at the same time, they could be listening very comfortably. Uh, and I, I, it actually, in some ways being in an urban setting, you're better off listening than being exposed to the sounds around you. Uh, and then you have your entire visual field available for, uh, for survival and movement. But then there is another scenario where then you're listening and your eyes are available to learn more. And that's when you get into the learning science of like the, the picture superiority effect and the dual coding principle, which it's not a good conversation about learning. It's not uh, a TIE episode. With, if, without if, a little uh, picture superiority effect and dual coding principle. Absolutely right? not. Right? But, um, but yeah, interesting stuff, Dan. Two, two thoughts, um, what Brandon was saying before. Uh, I, I immediately thought about uh, journalism here and, and newspaper articles around the idea of you have your lead and then the rest is to support it. And that's where I think skimming makes sense to Brandon's point. You get sort of your, your topic sentence and then you're skimming for the facts that you, you tie in there. I had a history, second uh, thought, I had a history professor in college who um, told us first day of uh, class when he sold us his book. Yeah, that was always fun in college, but the professor sold like their book for you to buy. Uh, but did, he, uh, did he give you any CDs while he was at it too? Or no, it was just no, there are no CDs. Um, he said right away, any history book worth its salt, you can read the first page, last page of every chapter and move on. Mm. You don't have to read the, the pages in between. And so when reading this, it reminded me of that as well of like, are we getting when we're reading deeply all that much more content or are we getting reinforcement of some of the content? And, and I think that as we talk through this, um, it, to the point, is it, it's what you're reading about. Like, do we made, need to make better choices about whether or not I'm going to read about medicine in a textbook and in, you know, a hardcover rather than on a tablet, or if I'm reading, uh, you know, a, a, the latest crime thriller, should I read that on a tablet compared to reading that on a book? Where does that go? I think was an interesting thought I had from this as well. Mm -hmm. But as we go through that, Brendan, do you agree with that assessment that it, it really is about how much content supported and, and there is fluffs, probably the wrong word, but just extra words used a lot of the time that allows skimming to be, you know, just as effective as reading deeply. Yeah. And I, I think it, it probably is sometimes fluff and sometimes support. Right. And, you know, I think that um, I was just thinking about the sort of history book example. Uh, if you're reading just the first and last sentence, you're missing a lot of the sort of, um, you know, either supporting evidence to, to these assertions and transitions or the human interest, the color. Like, uh, I, I, I talk a lot about sort of hooks and, and maybe the hooks aren't sort of as firmly affixed to the wall without the, the you know, the, the glue of some of that support. Um, but, uh, but, but I think that oftentimes in, again, it's maybe just the, the content that I'm consuming that, that support is not the economy of language there isn't great. Like yep. it is, it is pretty fluffy. And so 
you know, I think if it, de- it again, depends on what you'd be trying to consume that, that information for. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, it is interesting. Did, did you then, I, I got to ask, did you then only read the first and last uh, sentences in his, were, were his, you know what he should have done? He should have written a book that were just two sentence chapters. I was wondering about that. How long or short were his chapters? So it, the chapters, he said first page, last page. And, oh, first and page, last page. it was first sentence, last He did admit that topic sentence, last sentence to, to wrap it up. Uh, typically his chapters were 20 to 25 pages long. They should have been just two pages. He yeah. should have said, let me tell you, any book, you can read just the first page, the last page of every chapter, and then give you like a thousand page book that had 500 chapters in it and say, make sure you process, you use my process. That's branding right there. Now, Mike, one of the quotes I I pulled from this article that I thought spoke to some of the things we've discussed here a number of times over was uh, Professor Wolf saying, as MIT scholar Sherry Turkle has written, we do not err as a society when we innovate, but when we ignore what we disrupt or diminish while innovating. So the idea that here we're innovating technology, we're getting this new way of reading, we're, we're maybe skimming, we're going through, through things faster. From an education standpoint, what do we need to be aware of? What are we disrupting here? What are we changing that could change the way that, you know, a six-year-old, a 12-year-old or, or whomever is learning by reading this way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the ability to focus your attention independent of interruptions is what it, what we're losing and uh, both because it's harder to be interruption free you have to be you have to be very intentional about turning your interruptions off and and then frequently the format in addition to being more skimmable um, there's a lot of links or Hellman's mayonnaise ads or banners or just extraneous distractors that are trying to suck your attention in yeah, other places. A text message, an email, uh, whatever might come yeah, in on that device. And, and that's, that's consuming cognitive energy, like focusing your attention amidst that noise versus being able to be away from screens just with a printout. Um, I think that doesn't appeal because the other experience is also more, uh, you're, it's more filled with reinforcement. Like you, whatever, you're more, you have more agency. You're able to kind of, go different directions and it's more uh you know uh, organic and it you're surfing you know so like those those modes are are very lightweight and it's easy to kind of just kind of stay on the surface and i i think what we lose is the energy to sort of remove ourselves from that you know fast twitch information steady stream of everything all the time to then go to that quiet place which is also it reminds me also of the movement towards mindfulness and, right. you know, just getting away time away from screens, time in nature. Um, it does feel like there is a significant counter movement emerging now where people are questioning um, how much of the technology advancements have actually been beneficial. And what's really interesting about this and other research, Nicholas Carr wrote a really good book called The Shallows that I've talked about before. Similar idea. It's like how these technologies actually are impacting our brain chemistry and they're changing how we are cognitively. Like that's a really interesting idea. And that to me then makes me want to do more training of those attentional skills so that I'm not uh, only able to engage in the skim, that I can't still intentionally like use those other skills. Um, And I think that's what might be getting disrupted. And like even to the point, like another level of this is like, I think there are lots of places where a YouTube video would be better than a textbook. You know, like to like finding the right link uh, in Wikipedia versus finding the right 
explainer video on YouTube may be comparable or, or is that, or is it better to then go to like a, you know, a printout and have time independently, like reading a very abstract text. Um, I think it's really interesting as, as media continues to, um, you know, get more diverse, they're going to be more and more ways to consume content. Um, and I think they're all going to be more about just give me the information I need fast. Cause I got other stuff to do yep. and not as much time really developing our, our attentional skills. In, in, in my skimming of this uh, skim yeah. article, I, I may have missed this, but does she talk about, um, is it actually digital consumption that itself is tied to this skimming um, or that sort of um, concomitment with our digital age? We also started getting a lot more into the feed, mm -hmm. right? Like if I were to go to a quiet place mm -hmm. with a screen mm -hmm. and didn't have other apps open, mm -hmm would I be less likely because of some sort of consumption through the medium to be able to do the longer form, uh, deeper cognitive processing than um, would I be less able to do that with a screen than with a book? Or is it just that reading things digitally, we are so present to like the proximity of all of the other inputs? I think, he, I think she's saying both. She so saying so both. I, I definitely the latter. But I think there is some research in how broadly applicable it is that like the the depth of processing is not as strong when on a screen, particularly like like a mobile screen, um, just because there's some affordances around the screen and how you read it that are different from the affordances of paper and a book. Right. So, so they have those books that are like digital, but you know they look like like, like digital paper or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like not even right, like a Kindle, right. but like the ones that actually all, they they like open up like a book yeah. and have. Made a, made a smart dust, right? Right, yeah. made a smart dust, of course. <laughs> I mean, what is it? <laughs> right. um, but I wonder if it's, if where, where, what the sort of determining slash limiting factor is. Is it, you know, the small screen with that thumb, the, the thumb or bummer yeah. uh, that you have yep. of like scrolling up and up and up, if that leads to skimming mm -hmm. or if it's, if it really is something about the digital screen itself. Yep. Um, and also how harder for our eyes, like, you know, I, I sometimes whenever, when I'm reading on a digital screen, which I do a lot of, yeah. like, there is eye fatigue that sure. is greater than if I'm reading off of the printed page. Yep. So I, I, wonder, what, I wonder what that is. Because as we think, I, I, it, it strikes me, I, I'm also interested in making sure that I don't lose those muscles, uh, that they don't atrophy entirely so mm -hmm. that I can flex them when I need to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, thinking about that and thinking about if as a parent, we were talking about our kids at the time. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and, and may you have some of those uh, your own someday, Mike, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, you know, that thinking about if you have to be purposeful in, in training those muscles because they're not going to be picked up as, as easily, um, you know, does it need to be actual print or does it just need to be a quiet place with mm -hmm. the right kind of screen size? Yeah. I mean, that'd, be, that'd be interesting for me to, to, to learn and to then put into practice. Yeah, maybe, maybe get a, we, we were talking about trying to get an expert on to kind of uh, ask more questions about this stuff. Cause I think it's a really interesting uh, field. And then I think the, to your point, Brandon, the bigger takeaway that I got from these articles is more the intentionality mm -hmm. rather than like, so, if you under, and also the metacognitive component, like understand yourself as a learner, try to be smart about what you're good and bad at, and then say, okay, I know my tendency might be to stay at the surface, not read with depth. I need to do, need to read this more intentionally. I'm going to go to a quiet place. I'm going to turn off my notifications. I'm going to try to focus. I think it's, it's more that it's like, don't just be absently reading. Think about the format you're reading and what you're trying to get out of the engagement. 
um, which is another, I mean, in addition to mindfulness, there's a lot of talk now about, you know, just being intentional about whatever you're doing. Um, you know, Conscious Leadership's a book that, that people are talking about a lot here at Kaplan. I haven't read it. I've too long, didn't read it. <laughs> but, um, but like, but it sounds like it's, it's like anytime you can be intentional about what you're doing, um, it's generally going to bear fruit. And uh, the idea of being conscious of that as a learner uh, and aware of the research about this stuff, would love to hear more. It'd be, it'd be fun to get, uh, like we, you know, when we talked to Dr. Fenn about sleep, that was really interesting. And maybe we could do something like that. Uh, with you could an be, expert. Dan could be the boy who called Wolf. If, if you if we're trying to bring her on the pod, I mean we're we're uh, Dr. Wolf. If you're listening, yes, um, the uh, the Elon Musk chair. Oh my God, we got to rename it. I think yeah. it's probably the Jeff Bezos chair for now, the but, but it could chair. very easily be the Dr. Wolf chair, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Be Bezos uh, has had a rough week as well. But uh, Elon, I was gonna. I'm glad we brought up Smart Desk because I did want to ask Brandon about the jump from reading to Neuralink. But uh, oh, we, yeah. we don't don't necessarily need to do that right away. They do talk in the article about the physicality of reading, Brandon. So to your point of, is it different between the screen and, and holding a real book? They mentioned the geometry of reading and the ability to call back to pages. Uh, a good read. This whole article was really eye-opening for me. I'll admit here towards the end, I've always been a skimmer. I'm not a good reader. Uh, I, I, I try to get better, but I think, Mike, you just made the great point of making the intentional choice of what am I reading and how am I going to read it? Like, what do I need to get out of this? Am I skimming the headlines? Am I reading a sports article? Or is it, you know, learning SEO or is it learning how to edit something for, for someone like myself or something about, you know, my daughter's school that I really need to understand. I need to be, do a better job of intentionally choosing what I need to best consume that different content. I think it's a great point and something she talks about here, but something I think we have to do more often about learning in general. Yeah. Um, and, and just to that end too, like, what do you do after you read to yep. consolidate and reinforce the, the memory and the learning is also really important. So like, even if you skim, if you then like one of the things I've noticed having to talk about articles afterwards is mm -hmm. that my comprehension of the articles are, is much better because I have to then generate my own paraphrasing and my own understanding of what I just consumed, even if it was a skim it does sort of solidify it in my memory as opposed to if I look at every word in a book, but I don't process it deeply and I never am asked to talk about it. Frequently, I'll just, I'll understand it while I'm reading it, but I won't really learn it until I have to remember it, retrieve that information. It's also why tests really, if knowing that you will be tested and being tested after you read something does solidify your memory and your learning, which is another you know, thing we know about here, here at Kaplan. I, I just popped in my brain. I don't know if this is the right analogy, but is skimming like binge watching? Like we've talked about the idea of spaced learning and the idea that maybe binging, you're, you're not going to remember that first episode you watched because you watched five of them or you're not going to watch uh, the finer details. Is skimming almost analogous there that, you know, I'm skimming multiple articles. I'm not going to retain the same information. It, it, do you think that's a reasonable uh, analogy there, Brandon, of of the comparison between yeah, being I, I still don't. I think it's, um, and, and there, it may be similar in terms of its impact on retention. So it, it, I don't think it's a great uh, analogy. I think it, that it may have some similar um, characteristics. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, the idea, I, the, the idea of being an also a very effective skimmer, like that's the thing that, that I think the article didn't go into so yep. much is, if you're honing that skill when yep. you are applying it intentionally, because I think we, I'm, all three of us are agreeing, hoping, hoping you are too, listener, that uh, you know, one of the takeaways is applying with intentionality, whatever mm -hmm. approach it is that, that is appropriate for what you want to get out of it. Um, 
uh, and being more aware that your default is probably becoming more and more skimming. Mm-hmm. Um, that being a really good skimmer is a skill that is, uh, you know, I, it's probably teachable yeah. um, and, uh, and learnable because if you're, if you're effing when you should be zing, mm-hmm. you know, or, or zing when you should be effing. Yeah. Um, if I'm every- just, I'm referring to the reading patterns yeah. here. If everything is TL, so you DR it. Right. That, that could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or if, if you, when you are D, when you are not Ring and not reading it, uh, if you are not skimming it well, right? Uh, T L S B too long skimmed badly. Yeah, like that's not that's not good. Yeah, but also too long, so skim it. Right. That's actually pretty yes. pretty smart. And also like yes, but also like don't just read the title and share it is another level. Yes. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. Which is a whole nother. That's thing. a whole nother. Whole thing. Nother thing. I think the binge watching is is interesting, but 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 different. Um, yep. because in theory, it depends on what you're, if you're binge watching while, uh, doing something else, like that is actually like, I, I may do that. People, a lot of people do, yeah. right? Like that's the version. Right. If you're binge watching while you're reading something, your iPad or yes. you're like, you know, having on Twitter ha- or on Twitter, that's a version of yeah. skimming. Yeah. Dan's on Twitter right now, by the way. Yeah. Dan, Dan is skimming. Uh, it's actually on my glasses. Yes. It's yes. just projected. It's, uh, one thing that's interesting and there, there probably is um, some, some science behind this, but it does seem like uh, visual input is, is usually given precedence over auditory input. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So like, and, and that there may be like a survival yep. like hard coding thing there. Yep. Um, so, and the picture superiority concept, uh, concept is like, if you're looking at something while, if you have something pictorial or visual paired with text or audio, your retention, you're more like your retention is, is much greater. better. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, and there are times when I'm also, you know, reading something on reading an email on my cell phone or whatever. And, and it is absolutely true that I don't, you know, occasionally not, not consume or not, um, uh, code what I'm looking at because my, what I'm listening to as, as superiority, that's very, very infrequent if ever. Like Mm -hmm. it's like my, my, um, in my feed, the the, uh, priority is given to what I'm looking at. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I I think, that that's evolutionary psychology, I think, talks about that kind of stuff where we're really like the majority of our our perceptual uh, fields around vision are much more prominent and right. powerful than the auditory ones. But the auditory ones are also interesting uh, around subliminal processing, too, where like, you know, the cocktail party. That's effect. what we've been doing this whole time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wake up. You've learned. But like but the idea that like you don't even know what you're hearing but it is sometimes still getting in there. The notion of passive learning where like, if you're, it's very like, you know, I know when I'm reading and it's not making it into my brain. Like I, I, that's, that's a very clear feeling where like when I gradually lose the thread of what I'm listening to, like some of our listeners (laughs) right now, like that's a more subtle, it's actually why listening to something help can help you go to sleep too. Cause like that sort of blend between I'm consciously attending to this versus I'm just letting, I'm just letting myself drift. Uh, that is, that's a whole nother world. I'm going to simmer down. We can keep going clearly, but we're going long, right? This is a, this is a lovely show. This is delightful. I think it's one we'll revisit uh, definitely in the future. Uh, lots of content here and, and it's an evolutionary change potentially happening here. So uh, maybe in, in 2000 years from now, they'll listen to this podcast and understand a little bit of, of the, the brain power that it took to discuss it and how our brains changed I mean, over by, time. 
by then they'll be smelling this podcast damn but sure <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave this conversation today a good one in my opinion brandon and mike great stuff as always uh, you can find us on twitter at trending in ed uh, we release all the podcasts through that twitter handle also on podbean.com as well as itunes stitcher uh, tune in. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasting. What I ask you now, though, as we close out the podcast is to share us with a friend, a colleague, a roommate, a family member. Uh, continue this conversation as we go forward here on Training and Education. We want to broaden our listener base and really make sure this conversation is reaching as many people as possible. So I'm asking you today to make a point of sharing this with some friends. Until next time, you've been listening to Trending in Education. <laughs>